Welcome to Him for Her Radio, women's hot topics. Ladies, this show is for you. Find clarity, discernment, and discover who you are in Jesus Christ, all while exploring the hot topics of the day. She's an evangelist, founder, and president of Him for Her Ministries, and she's here to tell it like it is. Your host, Shug Burry. What happen if you say what you want to say? Hello, ladies. I am so glad that you have decided to tune in and listen with us today. My name is Sugbury, and I'm the host. I don't know how this happened, but I am a host of a radio show called Him for Her Radio Women's Hot Topics. And ladies, we're not talking about hot topics that just anybody talks about. We're talking about the topics that a lot of people don't talk about. We have got some shows coming up that you'll just be shocked on. I've got uh, upcoming where you're going to interview the largest cannabis grower in the whole world. Cannabis is pot, for those of you who don't know, or marijuana. And they're Christians. I can't wait to get into their heads and start talking to them. Um, As well as that we are also talking to people about a variety of different topics. We've talked about aging. We've talked about gossip. We've talked about women issues that you can hear everywhere, but we're talking about them through the lens of Jesus Christ. In an upside down world where right is wrong and wrong is right, this show is a place where your voice can be heard. And today I have got a woman with us today that has lived through some difficult times, but she has just got a spirit in her that's going to lift you up. Her name is Sarah Beckman. Welcome, Sarah. I'm so glad you're on the show. Thank you. I'm so glad to be here. You know, Sarah, I got your name from my dear friend, Heather Little, who wanted to be here with us today, and she unfortunately was unable to. Love you, Heather. Hang in there. We're praying for you. But Sarah has inspired my friend Heather to the point where Heather was like, Suge, you got to have her on your show. And Heather wrote this book called Hope in the Hard Places. Um, And I love the fact that the hope is what carries us through in those hard places. And Sarah is not only a national speaker and best-selling author. Her first book, Alongside, we did a show on. She's a repeat customer. Yes, I didn't scare her away too bad, but she's going to be back here with us to talk about hope in the hard places. But our first show was called Alongside that we did with her. Would you guys listen in? It's how to come alongside a practical guide of loving your neighbor in their time of trial. I gave an introduction about her there at length. I encourage you to listen to that show as well so you can get to know her better. But Sarah, how can our friends find you on the web? They can find me at sarahbeckman.org, and that's Sarah with an H and Beckman, B-E-C-K-M-A-N. Super easy, and you can see her books on there. Can they purchase your books through that website? Uh, There's links. They can um, purchase in bulk, so the larger quantities for Bible studies and book studies, but individual books, it'll give you a link to go to your favorite bookseller. So you mentioned Bible studies. Are there questions that you um, share that go along with both of these books? Well, so for alongside, there is a video study that I've created that's six weeks long. So it's me teaching and then actually a conversation with a group of people at the end. And then there's questions for your group. So alongside has it and Hope in the Hard Places doesn't quite have it yet. (laughs) It's been out a couple months and we are working on it. But I do have something um, that's called the 15 Days of Hope Challenge. And if they go to my Facebook page, which is Sarah Beckman, 
it, they can find information on how to do that, which is also some video content from me. But it's called the 15 Days of Hope Challenge. How did you even have time to come on the show? You are so busy with all of the great things. <laughs> and, and you know that the story about Sarah, and I'm going to allow her to share a little bit about that in just a minute, but she's had some struggles in her life. Okay, so she could have lived in the pity party, but no. Instead, she found hope in Christ, rose up, and is sharing with you her words of wisdom. I tell you, that first book alongside, I am so pumped uh, to read again and again in different situations. Um, So tell us a little bit um, about the book that you have written now called Hope in the Hard Places. Well, one of the things I found when I was traveling the country, speaking about alongside, was that people kept coming up to me and saying, what about me? You've written this book for my friends, my family, my mom, my sister, my church friends, but I'm the one in the middle of the hardship, and I want my book. (laughs) Mm. So alongside is about how you come alongside somebody who's suffering and struggling and in a challenging situation. So the new book is written for that person who's in that hard place. That's right. So both sides of the coin. And it was not, I never thought I would write either one of these books. It was, you know, I was, it's not like I woke up and thought, yes, this is what I want to do someday. But it just, you know, it was born out of experience and living and walking through pain with people. And I wanted to have this context where it was a 50,000 foot view mm-hmm. so that it was as objective as humanly possible so that anyone could do it. And it wasn't overly laced with my pain, if that makes sense. Sure. So, there's a there's a whole element of authentic stories that I lived through, but in both books I interviewed a lot of people because I wanted it to be as universal as I could make it. Mm-hmm. Practical guidebooks, but universally, it doesn't matter if you're. Um, there's a lot of books just about cancer or just about Alzheimer's or just about you know suicide, but this is sort of that broad, larger scale view that is about navigating all of it you from know, wayward children to trials and illness or death. Yeah, all of it. Don't you find, too, that one day in your life, things are going great, blue skies, things are fabulous, and the next day, all of a sudden, you've got the storm, you feel like God is far from you. Why is it that hard times seem to catch us off guard? Yeah, it's it's so interesting because we just have to believe God's Word when He says that the trials will come, right? Mm-hmm. Like, uh, there will, in this world, you will have trial, it says in John. And But take heart, I have overcome the world. And so I just think that we need to live our lives more like people who are prepared for the worst. But then if the best happens, yay. Oh, my gosh. It sounds just like my mother. A shout out to mom in California, Donna. I got to tell you, she used to say this to me, Sarah. I'd bring my firstborn into a shopping mall, and it was always a terrible experience. No offense, Shelly. But um, I used to have to carry her out like a log, and my mom would say, honey, Shug, if you just expect the worst, you will be pleasantly surprised. <laughs> right. and, and that sounds it. kind of similar. If we're preparing our life for the fact that trials will come, then when they come, we are prepared for them. I love that advice. Oh, good advice, Mother, and good advice, Sarah. Thank you. Yeah, well, and it just boils down to, like, how are we living every day? Are we in community of believers? Are we striving and seeking to know God, or do we wait till the trial comes and then we look around and we don't have a community to surround us? 
you know, you were mentioning to me in a different conversation about a friend of yours that is so inundated with community in the middle of her trial that you aren't even finding an easy way Mm -hmm. to get through Mm -hmm. and help, which is a great problem to have. But then I get the converse side where people tell me I'm, I'm so alone. And my question is, you know, and of course there's no condemnation and I give lots of tools and ways and ideas of how we can navigate that. What it really boils down to is we will have hardship. Mm-hmm. So live every day the way that you would want to live if the day was the very worst day you've ever had. Mm-hmm. And because we, if you live in community and are pouring into other people, then they will pour into you and be the ones that lift you up and you through. Amen. Amen. I don't know what I'd do without my sisters in Christ. And ladies, if you're just listening, this is Shugbury, him for her, H-I-M, number for her radio. We have a, find us online at himforherministries.org. We want to come alongside you. Just like Sarah said, we want to be community with you. This is not a place where you're isolated, you're alone. Maybe you're listening to the radio or podcast on iTunes of this show. Ladies, I just want you to know we are here for you. We love you. We're praying for you. We're encouraging you. Go ahead and contact us. Tell us your highs, your lows, what's happening in your life. Send us your topic ideas because we want to bring the gospel of Jesus Christ everywhere throughout not only the United States, but we even have listeners in Africa. So praise God for that. Um, But you're not alone in this. And also, ladies, I want you to know that as long as you've invited Christ into your life, you're never alone. The Holy Spirit is with you. He's guiding you. He's comforting you. And Sarah Beckman, who has had her list of struggles, has not only risen above that, but she's been victorious in it by writing this book called Hope in the Hard Places, How to Survive When Your World Feels Like It's Out of Control. And Sarah, you speak to hundreds of people. Um, can you just share with us kind of a common thread that you've seen that's wove, been woven in and out of all the people you've talked to? Well, one of the things I found that most people felt was that it was very hard to ask for what they needed. So it was hard to ask for help. It was hard to uh, let people know. Like um, you mentioned to me a friend that was really struggling and needed to eat really healthy, Mm -hmm. right? And so Mm -hmm. she had to ask for, please don't bring food. You know, Mm -hmm. I... Um, I've been in situations with end of life, terminal illness, where people have had to say, you know, we aren't accepting visitors at this time. Mm -hmm. And so the whole notion of giving people permission, that was a big part of the mission of this book, was to give people permission to ask for what they need, to let them know it's okay, to, to... not you don't you have to act like you're a superwoman with the cape. You can say, you know what, I'm struggling. I need help with my kids. I need help with meals. You know, permission to if you're grieving, you know, you might just have to turn the TV on every day for X amount of hours to get through the day with mm-hmm. your kids. You know, mm-hmm. just a lot of permission. So I found that common denominator was people really struggling to take care of themselves mm-hmm. in the middle of hardship, and so. That is what my passion is, is to equip people, to give them practical, tangible tools to navigate the hard place so that they didn't feel like it was going to take them out or under. Okay, what about the opposite thing, Sarah? You know, hope in the hard places can also be they're lonely. They've been forgotten. People don't know what to say. Maybe they're battling with a super long-term illness and their friends have kind of fallen away. 
Um, what kind of help and assistance should they be doing as they reach out, asking people to come alongside them? Yeah. Oh, that that is a very hard and a challenge because it requires a certain element of just being brave and getting your needs met. So if you feel like your friends haven't, you know, like you said, that's a perfect example, a long-term situation where people are ramped up at the beginning and then a year later or two years later, everyone's forgotten. The meals aren't coming. The rides aren't being offered, right? Mm -hmm. So then you have to actually do just what you need. So I would say get yourself in a small group. Um, Reach out, get a counselor or join a support group Mm -hmm. because that's where people are going to identify with what you're going through and they're going to be there for you in a way that your friends just maybe can't be there because they don't understand the actual trial. Mm -hmm. And it's not weakness to need help. It's literally actually living out the commandment of Christ. You know, when we are weak, he is strong. So we let him show up big when we admit I am stuck, lost, lonely, hurting, I can't do it myself. Mm -hmm. And that's when he shows up. You know, you said in your book that when we receive help from others, we have a chance to grow. Why is it so hard, women particularly, to accept help from others? I feel like we have this, we've been told that we need to do it all or that we've been, um, we've been trained that it's a weakness if we can't do everything. Mm -hmm. You know, I'm, I'm the youngest of 14 kids. Oh my goodness. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, give you a minute to catch up. Wow, I'm that. just absorbing that. <laughs> right, yes. And my mom, when I was five years old, was divorced from my dad because he was an alcoholic. Mm-hmm. And he had basically, our family lost everything, and he was near death, and he lived through it, but he kept drinking. So my mom left, and, you know, it was just the only way to survive because she had sacrificed everything get him well, and then he went back to that way of life. Mm -hmm. So I grew up in watching a woman model, how do I raise at that point, you know, when I'm five, there's maybe 10 of us still at home. And she had to go back to work. And she modeled what it looked like to just reach out to other people, because you cannot do it all. Mm -hmm. But my mom is the strongest, most independent, self-sufficient amazing. She's still alive. She's going to be 92 in a month. Wow. But over the years, she and I have had conversations about this because when I, when I had young babies, I had all sorts of back surgeries. I was on bed rest and I've had a lot of my health struggles where I've had to rely on other people. And so she and I have had these conversations like, mom, how did you do it? And one of the things that I learned from her is that you don't do it forever right? There'll be Mm -hmm. a time when you can give back to someone else. Mm -hmm. And it's sort of that pay it forward notion. You know, she didn't use those words, but you know, whenever she was able, she gave back to someone else, but it was the only way to survive. And at some point you just have to get real and you recognize that it's God that brings those people into your life, that it's his actual way of providing for you. Mm -hmm. If you think of it in those terms, it's like, He's given you the solution. Are you going to accept it or not? Yeah. And, you know, you think about it as we're robbing them of their spiritual gift opportunities by declining their offer to help. I mean, God has brought yeah. this as a God appointment to come alongside you. And it also feeds the person who wants to give. You know, they want to come alongside. They want to support 
uh, in Christ. And, and, you know, they want to get the love thing right as well. So, you know, I know it's got to be a terrible challenge, especially on all the different situations that people are living in currently today. But ladies, I want you to know the first place you can turn to is Christ. Right now, where you are, Jesus, I need you. I need your help. I need you to assist me. I need you to come alongside me. He is the first one you should invite in. And then watch and pray how God will allow you not only to reach out to others, whether it be the support group, as Sarah had mentioned, uh, joining a small group, maybe in your church or your Bible study, um, and, and just watch how God's going to bring around the people to support you in that hard place. Um, Sarah, in your book, you gave people permission to wrestle. I love that word, wrestle with God. And in prison, I preach in the prisons around the world, and I see women and men wrestling with God. What uh, would you share about doubting God or doubting your faith? Does it make you less of a Christian? How do you respond to that? I would say if if God can create the universe and <laughs> he can handle your questions. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that's a simple way of saying it. But, you know, it's so for us to think that he can't handle it is almost laughable mm-hmm. because he can handle anything, and he's not afraid of our questions. You read the Psalms in the Bible, and they're filled with lament and pain and agony and people complaining and arguing, and then there's stories of people literally wrestling or just questioning, like Job, the entire book of Job. You know, there's lots of questions, and and God is okay with it. He's not afraid of your why. He's not afraid of your pain. He's not going to run when you tell him how bad your situation is. Mm-hmm. That's just not who he is. It would go against his who he is. His nature is to be loving and sovereign, and he can handle it. So I think that he welcomes our questions. He welcomes the struggle, the pain that we would be talking to him like we would be talking to a friend. Mm-hmm. And, you know, that's the only way when we bring what's in the dark out into the light then he can cast his light on it. And so we have to be willing to just open up to him, write it, speak it, say it, pour it out, cry it, mm-hmm. whatever it takes, you know, because we're lying to ourselves if we think he doesn't already know. But then we open the conversation and the dialogue, and there's room for healing and growth when we can say it. Amen. He wants us just to turn to him, to give it to him, our highs and our lows. He wants it all. I'm speaking with Sarah Beckman. You can find her on sarahbeckman.org. Sarah's with an H, B-E-C-K-M-A-N.org. You can find all of these things on there. She's got a wonderful book called Alongside, which gives you an, uh, allows you the opportunity to come alongside your neighbor and others uh, in their difficult time. What are some tips? What works? What doesn't? And then now we're talking about hope in the hard places and how to survive when your world feels like it's out of control. We just got done sharing about wrestling with God um, and sharing your doubts with him, your frustrations, your questions. That doesn't make you less of a Christian, ladies. That makes you real. That makes you honest. That makes you human. Um, And, you know, if there's someone that's listening right now, Sarah, and they may be at the end of their rope, how would you encourage them? in the hard place that they're in? Mm, Well, we talked about how God can handle anything. And I think that at some point we have to get to a position of trust. And we have to trust that 
no matter what happens, even if the very worst case scenario comes to be, that we're still going to be okay. Because he sees us, he cares for us, he will be the lifter of our head. And when we operate in fear, then our fear is the kind of place that we live in. And that makes us wonder, what if, what if this happens? What if that happens? You know, we go through the worst case scenarios, right? Mm -hmm. Women are guilty (laughs) of that. Mm -hmm. Yes. And, And so we spiral downward in this fear place. But true faith proclaims that even if I will be okay, Mm-hmm. because we have God. And, you know, you just invited the listeners, uh, you know, if you don't know him, that's the first place to start because you can cast all your cares on him. And no matter what, if you lose the loved one, if you lose the relationship, the marriage, if you lose the battle, if you have Christ, then you win. Amen. And it's not the end. You know, right. oftentimes women who are incarcerated, they're like, oh, my gosh, my life is over. I've lost my children. I'm sober for the first time. I realize what I've done. Uh, you know, I've lost my jobs, my family, my kids. I got three different kids, three different men. They're all adopted out. I mean, this is not uncommon. And now they're sober and thinking straight for the first time. They feel like they're at the end of the rope. Oftentimes they do feel suicidal. And I got to tell you, I've watched God use prison as a launch pad into their future. Right where he gives them a whole new purpose and a whole new hope. For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. Amen. And so, ladies, it may feel like you're in that darkness at the end of that rope. Reach out to someone. Reach out to a trusted friend. Reach out to your church when you're feeling that way. But allow God to lift you up and give you hope in that hard place. Um, Sarah, if you would, could you just list off a couple of the chapters that you have in this book, Hope in the Hard Places? Oh, yes, of course. So, you know, it's broken into four parts, and the beginning is sort of the high level, um, and that is basically about the terrain. Like, what does it look like? And we talk about the detour and what we're entrusted with. The detour meaning the question of why, and what we're entrusted with is, is this notion of what if we're supposed to multiply our trial. And you just talked about that with the launch point, like maybe this trial is going to be your launch point. Mm -hmm. I never thought that being on bed rest and going through four back surgeries and losing three people I loved more than Mm -hmm. anything in the world would cause me to have a launch point of having two books, Mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. You just, but God entrusts us even with our hardship, not just all the gifts and talents we have. Uh, Then we move into sort of what do we take on getting prepared And that one is called preparation and the packing list, the team, the gear, and it's first aid, just all sorts of ways that we can prepare ourselves and traveling buddies. And that's about who we're bringing on the journey. And just, I talk about some traveling buddies that helped me through a very hard time in my life. Mm. And then part three is the actual journey. And that's about nine chapters. And it's basically, um, the chapters are called asking for directions, which is about asking for help. We have quench your thirst, which is allowing people to help you. So it's Mm -hmm. one thing to ask, but it's another to accept the help. Um, Gather your daily bread, just sources of finding God in the middle of the trial, seeking the source, excuse me, seeking the source more about God and what we can do. Um, Looking for the green is about gratitude, tending your soil, which Mm -hmm. is about self-care, removing the boulders, which is about 
the unforgiveness and unmet expectations and the things that stand in our on denial, the things that stand in our way of really, you know, getting through our hardship. Mm-hmm. And then we have the last one, which is um, the destination. And that chapter is called Hard But Holy. And it's there's a little bit of a piece in there for people who might be at the end of their journey um, on the earth. And there's a little bit of um, just this notion of even if. Mm-hmm. You know, we're still, it, our faith proclaims even if. Amen. Oh, my goodness. Sarah, would you come back on again with me? <laughs> I will. We have so much Anytime. to still talk about. I can't believe you're down in New Mexico. I feel like we're sitting across from each other having a cup of coffee. Ladies, yes. would you just, I can hear the applause right now. Ladies, would you just thank Sarah Beckman? Would you pray for her? Would you find her on the website, sarahbeckman.org? And I just encourage you to get some of her books, but all the more, I encourage you to find Jesus Christ because he's calling you ladies in the hard places. He can bring you hope. This is Suge Burry, him for her radio, Women's Hot Topics, over and out.